You're listening to Business Extra, a podcast by The National in Abu Dhabi. I'm your host, Cody Combs, and this is a special climate edition. Today, we are coming at you from the heart of COP28 Climate Summit in Dubai, where tens of thousands of people and an unprecedented gathering of minds are underway for one common cause. That's the future of our planet. It is bustling. We've seen an eclectic mix of world leaders, politicians, officials, business leaders, celebrities, faith and community thought leaders, scientists, journalists, and advocates. We'll be looking at all of that in a moment, but I have to tell you, first, I was instantly amazed by all the young climate advocates who came here from all over the world. They came here to be the driving force behind the grassroots movements and innovative solutions at COP28. We'll chat to five young environmental game changers from the Middle East and North Africa, delve into their personal journeys, exploring the pivotal moments that ignited their commitment to safeguarding our planet. We also look beyond the 2030 climate target plan to reduce emissions by 45% and to keep global warming to no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius and ask the delegates to share their actions and priorities in securing a sustainable future. Before we start, if you want to get all the latest episodes of Business Extra, please follow and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. On today's episode, which we're recording from the Youth Climate Champions Pavilion at COP28, I'm sitting down with climate delegates and passionate advocates for environmental sustainability from the Middle East, representing diverse cultures, experiences, and perspectives. I have with me now Mahmoud Sadradaida from Jordan, who is an avid climate advocate and environmental activist. Mahmoud is an integral member of Jordan's Youth for Climate Movement and a dedicated content creator for Envo Climate. And we'll know more about that in just a moment. He passionately drives climate actions and champions sustainable practices, disseminating climate change awareness through impactful content and engagement initiatives. He's also a climate justice assistant. I also have Sarah Badran, who is an environmental science graduate from Lebanon. She graduated from the American University of Beirut, and she holds a bachelor's degree in food science management. With expertise in both fields, Sarah's passion lies in advancing sustainability and innovation to combat climate change. Her role as the MENA Regional Coordinator at Thought for Food reflects her commitment to fostering innovative mindsets. She's enthusiastic about promoting sustainable practices and advocating for climate action. Thanks so much for joining us as well. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure. So Sarah, first and foremost, what made you interested in being an environmental advocate? So first, it all goes to seeing the first, actually experiencing firsthand the environmental impacts and effects on a local level. So you want to make a change and be part of the local, regional, and also international um, climate change action. And also you feel you have a sense of responsibility when it comes to the future generation, but also to yourself. And Mahmoud, what was the genesis behind you being an environmental advocate as well? Actually, since I was a child, you know, I loved nature, I loved trees, I loved forests, and I, I, I went a lot on a trips to forests. And in Ajlon, it's a city in Jordan. So I saw people who, who did not take any responsibility to, you know, to clean behind themselves, to, to just care about the trees. And I, I, I said to myself, I have to make something about it. I have to raise their awareness, you know. So when I had the chance, I studied civil engineering. I I participated in a lot of climate events. So I had the chance to, you know, talk about talk with people to raise their awareness in regard of the environment. Uh, and yeah, that's it. As she said, a sense of responsibility towards our environment. And sir, describe, if you will, if there was a moment or an event that changed your perspective and how you relate to the environment and how you want others to relate to the environment. Yeah, so actually what made 
made me interested in joining the climate action. It's basically during my studies, I was taking a toxicology course and we were studying the effects of the diesel generators. Um, so I was studying how they impact the human and environmental health at the same time. This triggered my anxiety as I was seeing those generators all over my city. So I was thinking about um, the effect on my health and the community in the long term. Um, so that's why I felt even if we have the best clean technologies, however, we need to be engaged uh, on the policy level. You need the policies and this mechanism to implement what you have and work on a sustainable future. And what do you think the biggest environmental challenges are that face Lebanon or the specific challenges that might face Lebanon? What comes to mind? Okay, so actually this year we had the first local conference of youth in Lebanon. And um, so basically we worked on a youth climate manifesto. So I'm going to answer this question from a youth perspective. Um, so we discussed uh, the main challenges when it comes to food and agriculture, water, waste management, and children and youth uh, educations and skills. Uh, so, for example, when it comes to food and ag, uh, there's actually a mismatch between the younger generation and the older one. So you think there's a misconnection, there's no um, intergenerational dialogue between those two. And this is actually impacting us as we're losing the knowledge and how we can like have work on sustainable food systems. Other than that, we have problems when it comes to water scarcity. So you see people buying water during summer. We have problems when it comes to waste management. We had a crisis back in 2015. And other than that, you have the loss of um, biodiversity, soil erosion, wildfires, and this increase of vulnerability to climate change. Mahmoud, let's talk a little bit about Jordan. What are the biggest environmental challenges facing Jordan? Climate change doesn't affect all countries the same way. Yeah, uh, Jordan has its unique set of environmental woes and problems. Actually, in Jordan, as it's the second poorest country in regard to water resources and water in general. Uh, you know, we have a big problem in water scarcity as the the people, some people doesn't get, you know, enough water. And a lot of people depends on agriculture to, as in their food security to adapt to the climate change impacts and so on. The water affects the agriculture sector and affect them in regard that they have to move from their rural area to the city so they can adapt more of the climate change impact. So this is, this is the major thing that we have to put our all efforts in it. And we have, you know, the education is, is a bit challenging because not everyone knows about climate change. Not everyone knows about extreme weathers. Not everyone knows about, you know, the changing streams and the seasons. And that all affects the agriculture, the water, and uh, those are the more imp the most important aspects in Jordan. And we have also droughts and desertification. So I think we need a drought management system, which which will be great to to manage in Jordan. Those those what come into my mind right now. And on a day to day level, how are you seeing people impacted? Well, on a day-to-day -day level, as I said before, you know, the people who depends on agriculture, on livestock, on crops, and so on, who works in rangelands, who works in uh, in farms, they they are affected by climate change. They uh, the the changing in streams, as I said before, in the seasons, will affect the crops, the lives of the livestock, the 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 crop health and the yield. The yield will uh, degrow, and the the production will will be a lot less than the other years from the seasonal and the extreme weathers. And Sarah, Lebanon has been in an economic crisis for quite some time. How do you get people to pivot and focus on the environment 
as well as the economic crisis? Or is it a false choice? Can, can both be tackled? Yeah, I totally get your question. So basically, sometimes you have to choose your priorities. Um, but like on a youth level, basically, we're advocating uh, for climate action. And that's because there's intersection between the economic development, sustainable development, etc. Um, so, for example, when it comes to renewable energy, so we've seen, so as I mentioned before, there's high reliance on um, diesel generators, but this actually triggered the people to move into renewable energy. We still need the infrastructure, but this shift due to the economic crisis is having some uh, positive impact on a local level. And actually, I just want to highlight one point related more on the people's day-to-day -day, uh, life. So with climate change, we're losing like a cultural element when it comes to the cedar tree. So, you know, with the increasing uh, temperatures, um, the cedar tree, which is that's at the center of our flag, is basically vulnerable to climate change. Yeah, we did a video on that not too long ago. It was very, um, it, this, the flag obviously is one of the more iconic flags. It's almost so iconic, it's ubiquitous. And you forget yeah. that that tree is in fact real and it is very vulnerable. And to see some of those trees get cut down. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's very humbling. What, I mean, what does that do to you uh, emotionally when you see something like that? Um, so, you know, now at COP28, we're discussing loss and damage. And, you know, like there's the cultural aspect of it. So that's actually what means to me. So it's when we talk about climate change um, impacts, also it can be on a cultural level. It's not only the physical ones. You know. Mahmoud, in Jordan, what sort of solutions, if any, have been adopted so far and what have been the community reactions so far? So solutions, there, there are some there are few adaptation plans that are, you know, coordinating with the local municipalities and the cities uh, in regard of waste management, in regard of smart agriculture, which uh, involve a lot of uh, rural communities and, and those solutions. Um, those help the, uh, the people who work in agriculture to grow uh, better crops and, you know, a better soil health and because of the smart agriculture techniques. Um, and there's a really good youth engagement in regard to climate events and climate change. Uh, we have a lot of youth groups who, who works in climate change, who advocates for, you know, best practices in, in, in regard to the environment. So th those are the g great stuff that's happening in Jordan. And Sarah, what changes or policy tweaks are you calling for in your country? So personally, I'm interested in food systems. So I want to, to see like more national policies when it comes to food systems and a national pathway. But also I want to push for policies that push youth to be included in the drafting of the nationally determined contributions, the NDCs. So we need more representation on the table when it comes to policies and um, user presentation. Mahmoud, same to you. We love to see an intergenerational discussion in regard of agriculture policies, water policies. We should prioritize those things because the impacts will be on, on youth, on children more than the elders. So I would love to see that. And we should, you know, add climate resilience to the policies. And while there are more youth delegates represented here in the UAE from around the world than ever before, still not too many people have the privilege of being called a youth delegate. I'm gonna, what's been your reaction so far? We'll start with you, Sarah, to have that title. What does it mean to you? Yeah, so as you said, it's a privilege before because like you're in this space, not many people are being in this place, although they have the credentials and all that knowledge. Um, so you feel there's a responsibility to represent them and to represent them very properly. 
And that's why we're here like overwhelmed with everything happening because we want to ensure that we have a productive participation during COP and a meaningful one. What would you like to take back to Lebanon from this COP28 conference? Okay, so when it comes to COP28, I'm not only following the negotiations, but also all the exhibitions and, you know, like the technologies that are being exhibited here. And I'm also seeing many of those are being youth-led. So I really want to see some of those being uh, implemented in my country. And Mahmoud, how do you feel about being a youth climate advocate? I feel responsible somehow because, uh, as you said, it's a privilege. Uh, Not every youth has this chance to participate in COP, be a youth delegate. So I feel responsible to get back to my country, share the knowledge I learn here. You know, even if I can share the network that I, I get to know here, the connections I get to know, get the knowledge back to educate them more, to build their you know, their capacity, raise their awareness in regard of climate change so they can be future pioneers in sustainable development to make our country even better, a sustainable future, to have a sustainable future. What changes are you hoping to bring back to your country and community? In this program, in the International Youth Climate Delegation Program, uh, we took capacity building sessions uh, and negotiations. It was specific in negotiations only. Uh, So I would like to take back with me the knowledge and negotiations to teach other youth uh, how to negotiate, how they can ask for their right, how to know their right, how to know the other perspectives, not just their own perspective. This would be great for the country's future, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, beyond the 2030 climate target plan to reduce greenhouse gases, what kind of goals would you like to see set for the climate? So... There are a lot of goals I would like to see, actually, and uh, because climate is not about—it's not just about uh, you know innovation, energy. There's justice in it as well. There's peace. There are people who needs to be recognized, uh, you know, to help them more. Because there are some reports that says we will have climate refugees, and I would never like to see a climate refugee. And we. Uh, we need to be more adapt with the climate impacts uh, in the region. We need more adaptation plans. We need uh, we need to mitigate the impacts on the people who are affected the most. That's what I would like to see. Yeah. And Sarah, as Mahmoud points out, it's about more than just emissions. What kind of goals would you like to see set for the climate that maybe aren't being discussed? So first, I totally agree with Mahmoud when it comes to climate justice and leaving no one behind. But like what I want to see is that what we are discussing and negotiating during those two weeks is actually implemented in the future. So as youth, we always advocate for not just talking, but like real action and real impact. Um, But also we hope for a shift in the mindsets for our politicians, but also the general public. And Mahmoud, what can other young people such as yourself in the Arab region do to ensure that they have a sustainable future? You know, they have to participate to engage more in the climate regime and climate events and, and capacity building sessions. They have to read more, to know more, because it's their fight. It's, uh, they have to unite their voices to ask for the just transition that they need in the future. Is there anything that I'm not asking about youth climate justice that you want people to know? Okay, so when it comes to the Arab region, engaging on an international level as People as youth coming from the Arab region, we need to understand the processes. You know, it's not only about talking about the big uh, themes, thematic areas, for example, just transition, adaptation, mitigation, but we really need to understand the mechanism, how the negotiations are going. And as Mahmoud said, it's through 
educating yourself and capacity building. And also I think as Arab youth, we need to find a common ground, have united voices in order to push for them and have um, being represented on an international level. Sarah Mahmoud, you have a busy, busy uh, two weeks ahead of you with COP28 getting underway. You're very busy. I want to thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Extra. We'll be talking to more youth climate advocates from the region in the next episode. Please remember to follow to get all of the updates as soon as they come out. This episode was produced by Doa Farid, Phil Green, Arthur Edison, and Evan Bork. I'm Cody Combs reporting from COP28 in Dubai.